Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 2, Episode 12, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're back from our red pill experience. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has to choose. You have to choose. They chose the red pill, so you got to keep going. Um, we continue our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. What chapter and verses are we covering this week? Picking right up where we left off last week, so uh, still in chapter 12, and tonight, verses 38 through 45. And what translation are you reading from tonight? Tonight, working from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, HCSB. It's, it's kind of a cross between uh, the New International Version, NIV, and the New Living Translation, NLT, it's, it's halfway between both of those. It has kind of the, the technical accuracy of NIV, but with the – Readability? Re yeah, the readability yeah. of the NLT. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Jonah's proclamation. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and look, something greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it roams through waterless places looking for rest, but doesn't find any. Then it says, I'll go back to my house that I came from. And returning, it finds the house vacant, swept, and put in order. Then off it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter and settle down there. As a result, that man's last condition is worse than the first. That's how it will also be with this evil generation. Amen. And so we're seeing the same pattern that we've kind of established now with Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees try and trip him, trip him up trick him, make him commit some sort of offense that they can use to right. honestly, in, within the bounds of you know uh, Jewish law, execute him. That's yes. what they're looking for. Whenever they turn around, hey, how can we kill Jesus? And then Jesus says, ha, huh, I see what you're trying to do, and I'll smack you back. <laughs> right? So it's kind of a, you want to play? Let's play, buddy. Don't start none. And then this time he even goes a little bit further and kind of smacks at the crowd too. For he does. And, and we saw a little bit of that uh, a couple of weeks ago right. where he, he turned on the crowd and we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, angry Jesus, not, not that he's stomping around all the time angry, but he knows he's down to his last nine to 12 months and he has a lot less patience uh, for people who choose not to get it. Right. So like, how much more do you need to see yeah. 
before you believe yeah. and stop listening to these bozos over here, the Pharisees that are trying to, you know, they're lying to you and telling you all kinds of bad things. How much more do you need before you believe me? Yeah. And it's not like I'm asking a lot of you. No. Right. He says his yoke is light, yeah. <laughs> you know? So he kind of gets a little uppity, if you will, with the crowd as well. Yeah. So we start out, we've got Pharisees and this time we've got teachers of the law as well in the crowd or uh, confronting Jesus. And he says to them, or they say to him, show us a sign. Right. Where, why would they ask that? I mean, it's not like he hasn't done a hundred thousand healings by now. You know, he's given signs. What are right. they trying to? If you remember back to last week, he heals the man who is deaf, blind, and mute, and also possessed by a demon. Right. Uh, and the Pharisees come out and say, well, of course he can do that. He works for Satan. And Jesus confronts them. What about your own Pharisees? Which was new information to me that there were Pharisee exorcists. Right. But he jumps up about that, and he basically says to them, if there's a test that you give your own guys to prove that what they're doing is good, I'll take it. Well, they don't give him that test because they're afraid he might pass it. <laughs> but they do take him up on, on a test, just not the test Jesus asked for. So they come back and like, we want to see a sign or a miracle. All right. And that actually it's not that unusual of a request because in Deuteronomy – God tells them to look out for false prophets. Sure. And so, you know, if you, I'll read from Deuteronomy um, 13, 1 through 5, or basically 13, 1, but that prophet or other dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he's taught rebellion against the Lord your God. So I think maybe they're trying to use the Bible again to trip him up and come up with a valid excuse to kill him, right? Yeah. Show us a sign, and if you can't, then obviously you're a false prophet, and therefore we need to kill you because God says kill false prophets. Right. So it's just a – they're setting a trap for him. But what could be bigger than what he did last week? He – he a guy who was blind, deaf, and mute and demon-possessed, and, and he – Wipes that all out in in less than sixty seconds. Heals the man, drives out the demon, restores him back to the good grace of God. If that's not enough, then it just doesn't matter. What have you done for me lately, right? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was five minutes ago. What are you going to do now? We have um, we have actually Pharisee writings. Uh, they they were great at at documenting and maintaining their stuff. Uh, and uh, we know for a fact that when they come up against someone who they don't think is of God, they are to test them. But even if they pass the test, if you've already decided they're not of God, trust your instincts. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter right. what Jesus does. <laughs> they are already committed, even if he does – you know, bigger than last week, which I, I don't know, raising a whole cemetery back to life. I, right. I don't know what it would take, but whatever is bigger than the week before, they still are going to find a way to go. Nope, that was not a valid test. You're a bad guy. Right. We got to kill you. Yeah. And so Jesus kind of slaps back here. Yeah. He says, you know, basically he calls them a, an adulterous generation, right? He calls them yes. bad people. He says, yes. You just don't get it. Yeah. And I'm not going to do your, I'm not going to jump through your hoops and play games for you. I'm only going to give you one sign. Yeah. And it's a weird sign. 
It's the sign of Jonah that he says. Yeah. What do we know about Jonah? Okay. The Assyrians, uh, back about 700 BC, the Assyrians are the biggest, baddest boys on the planet. Mm. You don't mess with the Assyrians. They were just a violent, a brutal people. Uh, and at some point in, in their history, they'd figured out, we don't need to raise crops. We don't need to grow wheat. We can just go take the wheat from anybody else and eat it and leave them to starve. We don't need to make pots. Let's just go take pots from people. We don't need, and, and you know, and, and we don't need to dig a hole in the ground to find gold. Let's just take everybody else. And that, that was an entire society, kind of like a Viking society built on, I'm just going to take whatever you have, and that makes me better than you. And yeah. I'm never going to go to work. I'm just going to live off of your labors, and I'm going to kill you or make you a slave. Uh, and so every spring, the Assyrians would go to war, and it was just – it was terrifying if you knew they were coming your way. In fact, we've got historical records uh, that small villages who knew they didn't have a chance right. uh, against the Assyrians would commit mass suicide. Really? Rather than than wait, because the Assyrians were brutal. They were going to just abuse your women and children, kill all of your men, uh, take anybody that survived back as a slave, but give that slave no food and no medical treatment, and just work them until they died. Right. So a lot of a lot of small villages said it's better to die by poison or by our own hand than to endure what the Assyrians are going to do. So the Assyrians are just. Horrible, horrible people, and they are terrifying to the average Jew. And God says to Jonah, go to Assyria, go to their capital city of Nineveh, and you tell them, I'm upset with how they're living and they have to change. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. And you can understand why Jonah said, uh, I'll be back. I'm, I'm out of here, you know. Jonah says, okay, uh, Nineveh is east of here. I'm getting on the first boat going west. Right. <laughs> so he, he does. He, he tries to sail uh, to Spain, modern-day Spain. He goes down to the Med, gets on a boat. Uh, the boat has a bunch of problems. The sailors realize Jonah is the source of the problem. They pitch him overboard, and a great fish – we don't know what the fish is mm – -hmm. swallows Jonah and then settles to the bottom of the sea for three days. And so for – Three days and nights, Jonah is essentially dead. Right. He has no chance of, of living unless God, by his just goodness, gives Jonah another chance. And God does. On the third day, the fish comes back to the surface, spits Jonah up on shore, and you could say he's resurrected. In a sense, yeah. I could see that. So Jonah has been sent to horrible, horrible people. He dies and is resurrected. And he decides to go ahead then and do what God tells him to do. I will preach uh, hellfire and damnation to the Assyrians. And son of a gun, if they don't repent and give up their evil ways. And in fact, we, we have a 10-year period where the Assyrians stop going to war, just stop their, their evil ways. And, and I assume this is right after Jonah has a talk with them. So from the king down to the lowest guy – the Assyrians repent, they pray for forgiveness, and they are saved 
by this uh, by this man who was dead and then brought back from the dead. And that's what Jesus tells the Pharisees and the, the teachers, that's going to be your sign. Right. Yeah, Jonah's, Jonah's message was kind of repentance and forgiveness. Yeah. You know, which is kind of Jesus's mission. Yes. You know, hey, stop it. Get right with God and you'll be forgiven. Yeah. Believe in me and you'll be forgiven. So I've heard it said that Jonah is a type of Messiah. He's kind yeah. of a, a model of the Messiah that's coming. Yes. And so the, I've seen that written. Um, we talk about typology yeah. all the time. Uh, uh, guys from the Old Testament who were set to prepare us for Jesus. And then you see these powerful similarities in their lives. Uh, Moses and David and and then Jonah are all types of Jesus. Right. I never thought of it until I was reading about it, but Jonah is one of the minor prophets. He is. I'm like, really? He didn't preach to the Jews. He preached to the Assyrians. (laughs) Major and minor has nothing to do with how important the message is. It's how big is the book. Right. (laughs) We call uh, Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel major prophets because they wrote 40 to 60 chapters. Uh, Jonah's a minor prophet because he only got in, what, five or six chapters. That's it. (laughs) Well, there wasn't a lot of ink in the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. (laughs) And so Jesus says, you know, that's the sign. Look at what happened with Jonah. They repented and they were okay. Here's your chance. What are you going to do? And he knows they're not going to do it. Right. So this really dire warning on Judgment Day, it's going to go better for the people of Nineveh than it's going to go for you. In Mm -hmm. fact, Nineveh will be part of the accusers against you. Yeah, we heard the word of God and we repented. Yeah, You heard the word of God and you scoffed. And you killed him. (laughs) You tried to kill him. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, this this little – his story, his – I guess his – Parable, his prophecy yeah. is used against him at his trial. Yeah. You know, he's it's in this one and it's also it's in Matthew here in Matthew, and it's also also in the book of John. They use this against him, saying he could rebuild the temple in three yeah. days. Yeah. So this was kind of used against him. Like, well, talk about your hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um I had a whole lot of notes on Jonah, but it's mostly just minutiae stuff, all kinds of weird stuff. It's actually um, – Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, all kinds of weird stuff. Stuff. Oh, according to one tradition, Jonah was the boy that was brought back to life by Elijah the prophet in First Kings. I had not heard that. Yeah. And another tradition holds that he was the son of the woman of Shunan brought back to life. The Shunammite woman, yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's one – two different theories of yeah. who yeah. who Jonah is and where he came from. Cool. Um, the book of Jonah – and I – I'm reading this that somebody else told me, so I don't know this is for a fact, but the book of Jonah is read every year in its original Hebrew, and it's an entirety on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yeah. Um, They stopped, though. Did they? Um, No, well, they still do it, but um, if you read uh, through it, then at the end of like chapter 5, the Assyrians repent and raise Jonah up as a great guy, and everything's wonderful. And that's where they stop reading it at on Yom Kippur. Chapter six, Jonah goes up uh, by himself and gets angry that God has forgiven them. Why? (laughs) How dare you? I hated them. I really, really hated them. How dare you forgive them? I wanted you to smite them. Smite them. Smite me! 
Almighty Smiter! Yeah. And so they don't read that part on Yom Kippur because we don't we don't want to hear that God hates us and is going to smite us. Right. So like, let's just stop at the part where everybody's happy. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and he's also regarded – Jonah is regarded as a saint by a number of Christian denominations. Uh, and the Roman Catholic Church has a feast on 21 September in his honor. I did, I did not, not know, know that either. I'm not Roman Catholic, so I can't say. Yeah. But uh, just weird stuff that I found. The Feast of up. Jonah. Yeah. Do they eat fish? I... <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be like eating? <laughs> that might be kind of weird because he was in a fish, <laughs> like eating your mother. <laughs> anyway, we're getting weird now. <laughs> and so along with that, trying to jump back here. Um, so the people of Nineveh repented and now they're going to be, you know, used as judges against you, this adulterous generation. Uh, then he talks about, and in your translation, the Holloman was different than mine. I've got the NLT. He talks about in my book is the queen of Sheba. Yours was right. the queen of the queen South. Queen of the South. The, the actual, the actual Greek words are queen of the South. Mm -hmm. But then he ties that to her visit to King Solomon, and we know that the woman who came – the queen who came from the deep south to visit Solomon is the Queen of Sheba. So yeah, one of the nice things about NLT is it goes ahead and it does the research for you. That's who she, who the Queen of the South is, the Queen of Sheba. Right. I think uh, there's even a footnote in my book that oh, says – there is, the, yeah. yeah. Or in the Greek, Queen of the South. Which yeah. our best guess is she was from modern-day Ethiopia. Interesting. Okay. So why bring her up? What's special about – she came up to see – Solomon. Solomon. <laughs> Go ahead. She tr makes that huge trip and she brings gifts and gold uh, and honor because Solomon is wise and she wants to learn about God uh, from the wisest man around. And I think the point that Jesus is trying to make, the reason he brings this up is she didn't come for miracles. She came for the message. Mm. And Jesus has been saying to the crowd for a year now, I, I'm glad to give you the miracles, but I really need you to hear the message. Right. Come for the miracles, stay for the message. Yeah. <laughs> and and Sheba came for the message and, and was blessed and, and uh, had a fruitful life because she listened to the words. So Jesus is, is throwing that back on the crowd. You're supposed to be listening to me. But the other thing, and he gets really specific in this passage with her, last week um, <clears throat> or two weeks ago when he talked about, have you not heard about David who ate the showbread right. or do you not know that the priests work on the Sabbath in the Holy Temple? He essentially said at those points, I'm greater than David and I am greater than the Holy Temple, which made the Pharisees furious. Mm -hmm. Today he absolutely says point blank. And I am greater than Jonah, and I'm greater than Solomon. Yeah. So you should be listening to me. Yeah. Interesting. And then part of our trilogy here, right? He smacks, they attack him, he attacks back. And now I think he kind of turns and speaks this last section to the crowd talking about uh, the evil spirit leaving. Is, am I wrong in that, or is that kind of how it's working? Or He's still talking to the Pharisees as well, but yeah, he's talking to them. When he, um, when he accuses them at the beginning of being an evil and adulterous generation, he brings that up again in these last three verses. 
And so he's he's saying, it's not just the Pharisees. I'm not just talking about a group or I'm not just talking about a few select guys. He essentially says, I'm talking about your whole culture. Yeah. You are listening to your culture instead of listening to me. And that really has a big impact on me because today, how many churches are really being pushed around by culture and have decided it's not really good to push back? Let's just let's just flow with it. Let's just let's just be part of our culture. We can't we can't save people if we're if if they don't like our message. So let's go with the culture. And Jesus uh, in these eight verses basically says, "I expect you to push back against a bad culture." Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of hitting home in today's Christian world, right? It's like, yeah. Oh, let's just be let's just be nice, and people come see us because we're nice. Let's put on a big show so that people come see for the entertainment, come for the entertainment, stay for the message, right? Yes, doesn't always work though, but so I can see that. So yeah, since he's blasting the culture, and he does again in these last three verses, the wrath that he has here is turned on the whole crowd as well, right? So. He sent, you know, he's talking about this demon. He sends the demon away. The demon can't find a place to go, so he comes back and says, "Hey, this place is great. It's all cleaned up now. Let's bring in my friends." So I think what he's trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that it's just making things worse in a sense by continuing along this path. If I come back and, you know, he hasn't gotten any better, right? He's still, well, he's gotten better from the demon, but he hasn't really changed his ways, and so I can move right back in. And now I can make it even worse because I'll bring my friends. What do you interpret from that? I'm I'm not quite sure I understand what he's getting at there. He hit them last week after he'd healed the man about, I work by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a, a son of Satan. I mm-hmm. don't work by Satan. I work by the power of God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and remember, he brought up blasphemy right. of the Holy Spirit, the one unforgivable sin. Well, today, basically, he says to the whole crowd, "If even if I drive evil out of you here and now, if you don't let the Holy Spirit in, you're going to be empty, and the evil is going to come right back. Right. So you, I told you last week, you have to choose. If you don't choose... Evil is coming right back to you. You're an empty house. If you're not letting the Holy Spirit in, you're an empty house, and the and the evil is coming back. And so basically, if, if you remember, the Pharisees said, Jesus can do miracles because he works for the devil. He basic, Jesus now basically turns to the whole crowd and says, if you haven't chosen me, you work for the devil. Yeah. Ouch. You're going to be demon, demon-led. Right. Satan-led. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one? No, it's uh, it's it's a hard, it's a harsh scripture to yeah. preach on. Uh, it's always more fun to preach on. You know, Jesus love, loves me, and yes, let's all be happy. Yeah, and let's change water <laughs> into wine, and and you know, good stuff like that. But this is the part of Jesus's ministry that where the rubber really meets the road. Look, look, there are eternal consequences to not embracing Christ. And accepting the indwelling Holy Spirit. And you can laugh about that, but there are eternal consequences if right. you don't do it. 
So that red pill is kind of a big pill to swallow. It's big. <laughs> it is. If you got to be careful, take it with care and with lots of lots of holy wine, right? Yes. <laughs> Have you given a title to this sermon yet? Calling this one proof because they come to him for proof, but the the actual truth is there is no proof that they're going to accept. Their minds are made up. Right. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. Go to the top, the ministries menu, pull that down, look for sermons, and then from there, the sermon will be called Proof. <laughs> this will be delivered on February 20th, 2022. One last plug. Yeah. I would love to hear from anyone uh, who's listening to us outside of our local town of Ponder. Um, and I'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Why are you following us? And uh, and what do you think about it? Uh, if you would email me at Ponder Methodist, that's no spaces or dots, Ponder Methodist at gmail.com. I would really like to hear from somebody and know, how did you find us? Why are you following us? Is there anything we can do for you? <laughs> Outstanding. We look forward to that. Seriously, yeah. we, we would love to hear from other people that aren't here that can say, hey, that was funny. Or, hey, that was interesting, whatever it is. But we appreciate any feedback. Uh, with that, I think we'll close this episode from the sound studios of Ponder UMC. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. Real